Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, just before we play out this episode of Kitchen Club Podcast, we wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the corona pandemic broke out. So much has changed since we recorded this back in February and we do talk about being outdoors a lot and going cold water swimming and obviously a lot of the things we talk about aren't advised at the moment. But most of you might be tuning in to this episode to get away from hearing anything about Corona. So we really hope you can still take a lot from this. We loved chatting to Sophie and we've poured our heart and soul into this season. So we're very excited to bring you this second season of Kitchen Club. And hopefully when we're all through this really tough, anxiety-inducing time, we can all join Sophie for swims And in the meantime, if you are feeling really inspired about what we talked to Sophie about and you want to reap the benefits of cold water immersion from your own home, then be our guests and try cold water showering, perhaps, and let us know how you get on. Okay, on with the episode. And welcome to Kitchen Club with me, Serena Lau. And me, Sarah Malcolm. We are back with a brand new, exciting season for you. So if you are new around here, then welcome. And old friends and listeners, welcome back. We've had some time off. Well, we took a couple months off, didn't we, Serena? Over Christmas. So happy new year, 2020. Here we go. Serena had some very exciting things happen to her. I did. Can we say? Pretty soon, when you listen to the podcast, we're going to say, hello, it's me, Sarah Malcolm, and Serena Bassett. Yay! Serena got engaged! It's all very exciting. We sat Indy down and told her the big news, and she does not give a single shit, which is nice. <laughs> anyway, everyone, welcome back. Um, we are very excited to start season two and to keep bringing you all of the lovely fantastic conversations that we had in season one and we've got some really really exciting guests coming on the season who are fab and we're already already learning loads which is really cool so if you are new to the podcast we're going to tell you a little bit about it so for anybody who is a first timer kitchen club is the weekly podcast that brings you fabulous guests from the health and wellness world 
me and Sarah interview them, delve into their area of expertise so that they can share their wisdom with you. And then each week we also cook for our guests based on their three favorite ingredients. And we also ask our guests to share what we call their healthy habit, which is something that they use daily or weekly or just in their lives that makes them feel really great and really either happy or relaxed or just like they're living their best life. Serena and I then trial it out before we speak to them and we dive in a little deeper when we chat. And this week, the diving gets real. Oh, nice. Diving into some pretty icy water. Pretty icy. With the fantastic Sophie Hellyer. And Sophie is a cold water swimmer. Actually, she doesn't use the word cold. She is a refreshing water swimmer, <laughs> challenging, invigorating water swimmer. She's also a model and a surfer. And you'll find her on Instagram talking a load of things about helping the world, sustainability and classic free periods as well. And feminism. So she's she was really cool to talk to. Her healthy habit was probably my favorite yet i mean it's season two it's the start but top game yeah and growing up with blue crush she's also like just one hell of a babe anybody who like loves a surfer chick film she's cool yeah yeah so we're gonna dive straight into it milking that one (laughs) and welcome the brilliant sophie hellyer onto kitchen club Welcome, Sophie. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Kitchen Club Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So we are we are back with season two, which is incredibly exciting for very, us. Very, very, very. And obviously it's been a really great day so far. We'll talk more about why mm-hmm. later. But we want to dive in and discuss your three favourite ingredients, which we are yet to eat. Because one of them takes a long time to cook. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to do exactly what we did on Robert Gray's episode and eat halfway through, or it could be the end, to be honest. Anyway, so let's discuss your three favourite ingredients. Okay. I cannot remember what I told you. (laughs) So I'm just going to have to take a wild guess as to what I said was my favourite veg three weeks ago. Well, squash, because that is what's taking a long time in the oven. Mm-hmm. Did I say broccoli? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purple sprouting. Purple sprouting broccoli. Tis the season. And um, I think tiny. Um, what in particular <laughs> brought you to those ingredients? Um, I love eating seasonally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I lived out in Ireland for about five years and I um, lived and worked on a community veg farm. Yeah, and I guess growing my own food like gave me a complete different relationship with it. And now I really like to try and eat with the seasons. So avoid avocado on toast and yeah. opt for broccoli and kale and cabbage at this time of year. Um, and I was actually at Riverford Organic Farm last week and I was picking Lovely. purple sprouting broccoli there, which probably when you emailed me, I was like, what's your favourite? And I was like, definitely the purple sprouting. Yes. <laughs> oh, they to the Riverford Farm. Yeah. Oh, it was so nice. Know. Such a good little day. Yeah. There's a we did a flower wreath making workshop thing with dried flowers and made like beautiful organic flower wreaths to go in the house and went digging veg and pickled all our bits and bobs. Nice. Yeah. What What did you grow in Ireland in your garden? Um, So we started off with just a little um, community garden. It was like an acre for the whole that the whole village could use. And now the guys have got a CSA, so community supported agriculture farm. So they've got. I don't even know now, like 20 acres of farm, so um, everything. But a lot of beetroot, celery, potatoes, carrots, 
all the stuff. I, it's likes. actually my um, goal this year to si- finally sort out my balcony and grid. Yeah, you've you totally got some space for some little... It's really lucky having space to do some veg boxes yeah. in the city. So cold water swimming is obviously your big, your big passion. Yeah. And I... Like my, apart from having my veg, my aim in life is to live by the sea. I find being by the sea so calming. Mm -hmm. I think it's the cure for everything. And we wanted to know what initially drew you to the water and what it is that keeps you going back. Is it the healing power of the sea? Is it the active side of it? Obviously surfing. What's your main? So I I grew up um, in North Devon um, by the sea. So I was quite lucky to grow up surfing. My dad and sister surfed. So I always kind of went to the sea and it always was a place where, um, you know, I think the sea has this amazing ability to change my mood. So if I'm really angry or stressed out, I can go there and really calm me down. Or if I'm tired, it'll wake me up or um, it kind of gives me whatever I need. Um, and then about ooh, three or four years ago now, we were chatting, me and my friends were chatting about the benefits of cold showers. And we were like, ah, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Okay, I'll oh, fuck yeah. it. We'll just... Um, We'll jump in the sea instead. So we all met at 7.30 in the morning and went in the sea for about two minutes um, in the winter in Ireland. So it's pretty fresh. Um, and we were going to start doing that once a week and it very quickly just became every day. And it's been something I've tried to do every day for the last few years now. Um, and why do I keep going back to it? I mean, it is kind of addictive, but in a way it has kind of become a form of therapy for me. Like it's it's not so much like a reactive thing now. It's not if something bad happens, I go to the water. It's more me like actively managing myself. And that's like a form of self-care for myself to go and be in the sea. It really, it's great if you're an overthinker because you can't really think when you get in cold water. It just stops you thinking and starts you feeling. So it just switches on your focusing on your breath and all the sensations and your mind kind of stops for a little bit. For me, it definitely has. Um, I always ask the question, would you rather live by the sea for the rest of your life and never be able to go in mountains or in mountains and never see the sea well that's too easy to answer can't even ask her who we all know who even chooses the mountains my boyfriend would choose the mountains see ya (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm a hundred percent sea girl are you serious yeah no question and i love like there's i love cold water immersion so like i love going in lidos and ponds and lakes and rivers but the sea is so magic and i don't quite know scientifically what it is but I think there's something about being in like the body of water that connects all of us and everything and there's a lot of science and research now like there's a book called Blue Mind and there's all the science about how like being by the water and being able to see the horizon like the sound of it and seeing it is really really good for your health really mm. and you don't see the horizon in London you don't see you just see like this bit above the buildings right you never really see the whole yeah yeah, yeah I've never thought about that actually mm-hmm. and how it's quite unnatural, I think, to like not see the horizon. Yeah, and it is that feeling when you know you're going to the sea and you're like in the car or whatever, and as soon as you see it, you instantly feel like, ah, yeah. Super, the most calming thing ever, I think. Hmm. So let's talk about, I mean, you spoke of it as your, your therapy. Yeah. And your healthy habit. Yeah. <laughs> was obviously to cold water swim yeah. i say swim more of a dip or a float mm. cold water floaters <laughs> cold water dippers cold water dip. yeah we went for a little swim we did so serena and i obviously trialed sophie's healthy habit and we tried to go we tried to make it so we went together yesterday but yesterday was 
I don't know what the storm's called. Kira? Kira, I think. Yesterday was Storm Kira, the big day. And so loads of trains were cancelled and Sarah was making me go all the way to Parliament Hill, which is very far for me. My boyfriend was being lazy. So I went to Brockwell Lido instead. Lido, Lido. I never know. I how... never know. I'm not a Londoner. I don't know I this. I say Lido. I always thought it was Lido, but really? who knows? Ooh. I say Lido, but I think lots of people say Lido. I'm going to say what Sophie says, because Sophie knows. <laughs> no, I think I get it Lido. wrong. I'm not. Like, it's a London thing. We don't have them at home. <laughs> no, don't need them. Lido, Lido. Well, anyway, Brockwell, so Brockwell Lido. Another and great today, one. Sophie and Sarah went together. Well, let's hear about you first. Okay. Yeah, how was your experience? So it was a bloody windy day. <laughs> yeah, like 90 mile an hour wind. <laughs> and I felt like such a wimp because I like took my flask of tea and my hot water bottle and we arrived and we were like, there's not going to be anyone there. It's going to be so quiet. We got there and it was so busy. No way. There were hundreds of women, but mainly women actually. But I, it made me really laugh because everyone was like in their swimsuits and then gloves and wetsuit shoes yeah. and woolly hats. Yeah. And I turned up and I like started walking down the steps and I was like oh holy fuck that's freezing and this woman said well you have chosen the worst time of year to start we all started in the summer and we've kept going as the water's got yeah, colder yeah. and you are like coming to this on the worst it is day the, like March, February is the coldest time of year I think yeah but then I'm like that's even better because we've done it oh yeah we've done it properly I'm such a wimp with cold water like even in a hot country going in the sea I go really slowly and I don't jump but I've never got into water so quickly because I think I knew that if I didn't just do it, yeah. I just, I, I wouldn't. Don't so hesitate. You've just got to get in. <laughs> I went in, swam a length, effing and blinding the whole way and like got out and then was really nervous about getting out. And actually when I got out, I couldn't feel a thing. So when I got out, I was fine. Like yeah. Kira was bashing me around <laughs> and I didn't care. I couldn't feel my body. Um, and it was bizarre. It was Obviously, kind of hideous because it was cold, but at the same time, <laughs> very exhilarating. And you don't like after thirty seconds, you don't feel a thing. Yeah. So it was is this, great. Is this the first healthy habit that you've described as kind of hideous? <laughs> <laughs> Want to make a joke about the vagina gazing? Probably not. Yes, I think it might be. Yeah, but in, yes, but then in a weird way, it was one of my favorites because it was something that I would just never, never do. Mm-hmm. And so I loved it. And Sarah has said that she wants to start going now. And I'd quite like to start going because I have I have a big fear of cold water. Ever since I did Tough Mudder, I like went into an ice bath, had a panic attack. Yeah. And have been like fully scared of cold water ever since. Mm. So I was really apprehensive. And now I feel like I'm over my fear. And I'm like, get me back there. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, very long answer. No, I love Who are we interviewing, Serena or Sophie? What <laughs> <laughs> is your experience there? That's what that was my experience. Out. I loved it. Okay, my boyfriend, good. on the other hand, is a wuss and did not even dip a toe in. He wasn't, he wasn't made to do it. He will be next time. Um, <laughs> and then my experience. So I met Sophie this morning at Parliament Hill Lido and I was really nervous. I... I had. I was telling Sophie. I had like loads of dreams about it <laughs> last night, and there was a moon. Anyway, it was great. Yeah. I loved it so much. We had the luxury of having a sauna afterwards too. We were a bit spoiled. You guys are so pampered. Yeah, I know. it's like the high life of. But we did go in twice. We went in after the sauna too. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if I go back in, but it was sunny today. It was. Yeah, it, it was, was a sunny. Beautiful morning, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. My, my breath was. It was hard to breathe at first. 
And I was, she nailed it. <laughs> I was saying that I did loads of pranayama this morning. So I she was like, just like <laughs> breaststroking calmly along, like chatting to me. And I was like, wow, you're doing really well. No, so I was like, oh, should we get out now? We'd done like whatever, a couple of wits. And she was like, no, I think I, I think we should keep going. <laughs> I think I sounded like I was in labour. I was like, <laughs> 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 yeah. <I> keep breathing. <laughs> That's what you've got to do, right? I mean, that's, yeah, why not? Why not? Anyway, so I thought it was brilliant. Good. I felt so exhilarated and I kind of knew that I'd like it. I always say these about the healthy habits, don't I? And I just knew I'd like it. But I love being in water and I, whenever I'm on holiday, if we're by the sea, I'm the first to jump in the sea always. Yeah. So I knew that I'd just love that feeling. And when my, we, my, me and my boyfriend go to Suffolk quite a lot and I try to get in the sea there as well, mm-hmm. even when it's cold, but sometimes I'm not so brave. So I knew I'd love it. And I just thought, what a wonderful way to one, start the day. And also the community there mm-hmm. was so lovely. Yeah, you hear everyone like in the sauna after and you go in, it's the same people there every single day really? and they're all chatting away. I was chatting to a guy there two weeks ago in the sauna and it was his 84th birthday and he <gasps> swam there every day since he was 60. Wow. And it was like his daughter and all his friends and they went for cake afterwards. Oh, yeah. He so said lovely. He said that 84, he also looked about 60. He looked so healthy. You said 84 wasn't very impressive because it's not a prime number. What? <laughs> and then I was sat there the whole time in the sauna, like counting on my fingers trying to remember what a prime number was going like <laughs> <laughs> But it really made me think that out of all of the healthy habits we've had, that is really one that I'd like to start doing. Cool. More, yeah. There's a, there's a group that go to Parliament Hill on um, Wednesday mornings that my friend Grace runs. They're called Nudge Community. Nudge. And they meet at 7.30am at the Lido every Wednesday. And they do a swim and then watch the sunrise and have like a flask of tea and some porridge. I love that. Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll start a uh, South London one. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You'd be like, everyone. <laughs> be our next event, forcing everyone, all the <laughs> listeners to come and swim with us. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. Thanks. I have so many questions about cold water swimming. Mm. About why the cold water is good for us. Why do we do it? How do newbies get into it? Yeah. So, I mean, scientifically, there's a lot of research about it being good to like boosting your immune system and boosting your libido. And um, like while all that science is out there, the main reason I do it is because it just makes you feel fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like it feels good. <laughs> so, I, you know, you're not going cold water swimming because it's going to give you some aesthetic goal. It's not going to turn you into a supermodel, but it's going to make you feel really good. <laughs> So I, I mean, that I do it because it feels amazing. And yeah. the, the fact it, I mean, whether it is good for you or not is irrelevant. Like if it's a placebo, that's great. Like it makes me feel amazing. It keeps me healthy. I think I've had like one cold in the last three years since I started wow. cold water swimming. So like whether that's because I'm cold water swimming or not, like I think it isn't just working. <laughs> placebo is yeah. the best thing ever though. Yeah. I think about everything. Who cares if anything is placebo as long as yeah. it works? 100%. And also because you're... You're having to focus on your breath because if you don't yeah. freak out too much, yeah. that is essentially the best thing for you because you're tapping into your parasympathetic totally. nervous system. Yeah, that's it. That's what I said to you when you were going in. It's yeah. like the long exhales just trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. So you just that's all you're focusing on is your breathing. Which instantly makes you feel calm and great. And- yeah. And there's, you know, I can't remember the percentages, but it boosts your oxytocin and your endorphins and your met- metabo- <laughs> metabolic rate. And there's all this like research about what it actually does to you immersing your body in cold water and for newbies for newbies I so I mean the one thing I 
water can be dangerous, especially cold water, whether it's a sea or a lido. So it has to be done safely. You can't just go and throw yourself into icy water in the middle of the winter. Um, so the first thing I'd say is find a buddy. So either find someone who you want to start going with or find a local community. So like I mentioned, Nudge, or I've got a Facebook group. It's just Rise Fierce um, Facebook group. And on there, people are like, that's just to connect other people so you can find other people already swimming in your area. Amazing. And then um, it's kind of knowing the area. So the point in connecting with other people is that you'll start to understand you know, if it's to see how the tides work, how the rips work, how the currents work, if it's the Lido, like, or the ponds, there's like a female lifeguard always on at the women's pond at this time of year. So finding somewhere safe to go. But yeah, ma- mainly find find a buddy and understand where you're swimming before you jump in to keep safe. And then uh, take a flask of tea, <laughs> wear a lot of layers. And I always say jump in, but don't actually jump in because it can be quite dangerous, like cold shock if you jump straight in. So it's more about um, kind of getting in the water slowly but like you said not hesitating you kind of just have to get in there do you know what my parents always used to do when they go swimming and again they're probably just being wimpy because they never swam anywhere that cold yeah but they'd always go down the ladder splash a bit of water on the back of their neck because someone had once told them that it makes you less likely to have a heart attack yeah so I met this um girl Kath two weeks ago and she does ice miles she's like swim Kath swim on Instagram or something so she does that uh like 64 lengths in under five degrees and she's just going off to like Antarctic to an ice mile but she said she does that every time she gets in so she'll get her hands wet first and then she'll splash a bit like on the back of her neck and on her face and that basically tells like signals to your body like I'm about to go in cold water yeah or someone said wrists as yeah, well wrists, because yeah. it's like because your blood's close to the surface and yeah. your wrists it like so I don't do that but I, I, I mean she is a badass woman and she does it so I say it's quite so good so my advice. parents are probably on track for a couple of ice miles <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Okay. I also heard that if you put it water on the back of your neck it stops you feeling seasick but oh, really? i don't know if that's the same there's also stuff about triggering the vagus nerve so the vagus nerve i feel like if you get your face wet that's triggering yeah i have a thing that if i'm in water i have to put my head under yeah it feels so it's like it feels so much more refreshing if Did you, you put your head under today yeah, yeah. Got wet i hair. didn't put my head under yesterday yeah. i just don't quite feel like so normally i will swim and keep my head dry and then just before i get out i'll dunk under and get out because if you get your head cold at the start then you're you get cold, like you lose the heat quite quickly. But um, I have to do the little dunk before I get out. Okay. I feel like I've cheated otherwise. So for beginners, <laughs> don't dunk straight away. Don't dunk straight away. And also, like, you don't, you know, it, it's not an endurance thing. You're not trying to stay in there for 10 minutes. If you're in the water for 30 seconds, that's really good. And they say, like, from the studies I've read, um, most of them are just done on two minutes immersion. So if you're in for two minutes, like, that is absolutely plenty. I think they say experienced swimmers will do a minute for each degree. So today the water was seven degrees, so like the absolute max you should ever stay in is seven minutes. We, right. pro- we probably did like three or four minutes. Yeah, and I think also for beginners, let me just say, because obviously we're beginners, I think um, the hardest part was just getting there. Mm-hmm. And then once you're at a place that yeah. you can do it, you're like, oh, I'm here. I'll... That's why it's so good to have the friend because you're also being held accountable. Yeah. Like if you say to someone, like that's how we started in Ireland. It's like if you say to someone you're going to meet them at 7.30 in the morning on a slipway on a dark, windy, cold February morning, you're already well going to be there because you're not going to leave your friend like... You're a dick <laughs> if you stop. don't turn up. Yeah. So it's like having that friend hold you accountable and doing it together is really like, it's way more fun with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, and there are so many places in London that you can do it. London's amazing. Like, I really loved living in London because it's amazing for, well, green spaces and blue spaces. Like, there's just so many outdoor... Lidos, Lidos. Lido. Someone please write in the answer. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and, you know, there's like the reservoirs and the serpentine and um, the ponds. It's just, yeah, unlimited places to go swimming if you've got the got the time to get there yeah absolutely so there's uh, we've got a question for you and we've been hypothesizing before you got here and we both think that you do it for different reasons in your instagram pictures whenever you're at a swimming location yes you stand yes straight yeah my theory is that i know from my research that you're very anti like the sexualization of female surfers and swimmers and stuff i know that mm-hmm. there was a big thing with um you commented on photographers zooming in on like girls in bikinis when they were surfing and stuff. And I think you now yeah. surf in a wetsuit. Yeah. I mean, I surf in a wetsuit because I live in the UK and it's cold. <laughs> but the point, like, why was I ever asked to model in a bikini when I wear as a professional surfer when I wear a wetsuit? So yes. Um, <laughs> so my theory is that perhaps you stand like that in photos so that you're not like making cold water swimming a set, like a mm-hmm. sexy thing. And you're not being like, look at me, look at me. You're just making the point that you've been swimming and that's cool. Yeah. And then Sarah's theory. Mine, well, it just made me think back to all the badass women who used, you used to see, like, standing at the at Parliament Lido, mm-hmm. Lido Lido, and that's just how they stood for photos. Okay. And I thought, that's just really cool that you're, like, reflecting that. Yeah. And sort of having, there's this, like, homage back to that time. So I've got to say, there's kind of two reasons, but once Serena's kind of onto it, is that... Yes! Um, like for me, the cold water swimming, you know, people talk about body positivity. Mm-hmm. For me, the cold water swimming in the community of women I'm creating, it's not really about body positivity. It's gone kind of past that and it's body neutrality. Like we don't talk about bodies. No one's worrying about what they're looking in a swimsuit or what swimsuit they're wearing or, you know, anything about appearance. It's all about the feelings. Like it's about how good it feels. Um, and then it really is that it's about like not sexualizing it in any way not that that is but it's it's almost like the anti-influencer pose you know the like the leg forward and the hip to side and the hand on the hip it's like let's all just like stand there straight on and own our bodies and look straight in the camera and this is me I feel great and it you know when I do these retreats with women and we've got women of all ages and all sizes and they're all terrified of the water to start with on day one and then like halfway through the retreat they're all jumping off a pier (laughs) naked in Ireland in the winter and like fully just standing there and embracing it so um yeah for me it's like it's quite an empowering pose in a way because you're just this is you're like full acceptance of yourself in a way so yeah I like that the anti-influencer pose yeah no hip popping and and do you know what it's it's so hard because I was saying to Serena I was so tempted almost this morning to do something like that yes because Sarah loves to everyone's so used to it and you do you you know most most almost a lot of girls will pop the hand on their hip and pop the leg forwards and it's an angle that makes you look more flattering and fuck that shit yeah yeah just and so and the second reason is I love Wes Anderson yes and if you like watch all the Wes Anderson stuff you know it's always like a super symmetrical yeah. background yeah. people like in the middle so it's kind of a little homage to uh, Wes Anderson's um we used to do it on the slipway and it was like super symmetrical so it was that kind of Wes Wes style but... I'm glad you asked that because no one's ever asked that before good question well because it's the one thing when you look at your Instagram it really stands out mm. compared to everyone else's yeah and I agree we've talked about this with someone that like body positivity is such like a I like I'm fine with it I'm fine with yeah. how I look like it's it's almost like people are making too much of a big deal I just it. yeah I mean like there, there's definitely a place for body, body positivity and I know in some communities it's really really needed but the thing with body positivity is 
we're still talking about bodies. We're all still fucking talking about what we look like. And I just really want to, I know I'm also speaking from a massive face of privilege, but I really just want to get past the talking about bodies. Like let's stop talking about what we look like and just go and have fun and feel good. And yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like get over it. (laughs) There's more to us. And it's just like a home for our souls and our personalities. And And I really would have like, you know, when I was younger, I would have been like, I'm quite flat-chested and I've got bony and I, now I've like cellulite all down the backs of my legs and I don't work out. I don't do squats. I've got like a little flat grandpa bum and I would have <laughs> been like quite insecure about that stuff when I was younger. And now I just like, God, there's more important things to worry about Absolutely. than what my bum looks like. Yeah, feeling <laughs> over anything else. We also want to talk to you. Uh, maybe while we're still on bodies. Yes, about body hair. Oh yeah, I'm a hairy person. <laughs> And we love that. So we we were wondering, like, especially as someone, and I guess this leads on to what we were just saying, especially as someone who does spend a lot of time with a lot of skin out. Yeah. Um, what's your view on body hair? Yeah. And I mean, we kind of know it, but <laughs> share, Tell the listeners. share your yeah. journey with um, body hair. Can't articulate it quickly. Um, so uh, firstly, it's totally a personal choice. And I think that's the main thing is that it's to- up for people to do whatever they feel comfortable with doing. Okay. I spent a lot of my life, you know, uh, shaving my legs and waxing my armpits and having my bikini line done. And if I had a photo shoot, there's like no way I would ever go anywhere near a camera with a tiny bit of stubble or like a pube poking out my bikini, like not a chance. Um, and... I really started to, I think as I got more interested in feminism and understanding the patriarchy and I kind of changed my um, understanding around why I was doing that and why I felt I needed to do that. So nowadays I, I mean, I don't shave my armpits, I don't do my bikini line, shave my legs occasionally. Um, And then I, yeah, that's what I was talking about the other day is like I was kind of in conflict with myself because I'm like gosh why do I still wax my eyebrows and shape my eyebrows and um there's a great article on the Guardian about it but it was I liked that she described it as it was like keeping it conventionally attractive and pretty on the top the little like feminist fuck you in the armpit (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of dig that and that's kind of my vibe now is like I just you know sometimes I shave sometimes I don't as long as like, you're doing it for the, you know, if you're doing it for you, like if you're waxing your bikini line because it feels better for you and you're masturbating, sweet. Yeah. Go for it. But if you're doing it because you're worried that someone else is going to comment on your pubes hanging out when you're swimming costume, yeah. like, fuck it. We're hair. Like we are naturally hairy and we should be made to feel like ashamed of what is natural on our bodies. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I was teaching an event the other week and I, so I epilate my armpits. Mm-hmm. Ow. Yeah. I've got quite used to it. Yeah. Um, and I realised that I hadn't done it. And then it wasn't until after the event when I had a photo taken with my arms up in true pose. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hadn't done anything about my armpits. Yeah. And then, then I thought, if I don't care, why should any of the students care? Like, oh, yeah. maybe they maybe they saw the hair that was under my armpit. But it doesn't make me any less of a yoga teacher or a human being. No. If and they how saw many that. people will even have noticed because yeah, they would have been yeah. focusing on the class. So have, everyone have been worried about their own insecurities <laughs> and don't even notice it. Everyone's so self like self-involved and even notice anyone. Absolutely. Else. You're right. It's such an individual thing. If you don't care, no one else should. Yeah. But in um, terms of feminism, as long as like if you can still be a feminist and shave and wax everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. It's like it's about personal choice. But you're doing it but for you. I think it's about just having like a real understanding as to why you're doing it. And it takes a while to like I think it took like quite a while of having 
growing my hair to really like understand and it really to be for me and to feel comfortable with it i'd experiment for a while girls let it go hairy for a bit and see yeah you should see my legs right now yeah oh man oh yeah mind you good old winter That was delicious. We just ate lunch and now we're all very full and I feel a little bit soporific. (laughs) (laughs) Serena, tell us what you made. We had a butternut squash stuffed with, second memory test, wild rice, roasted red peppers, roasted tender stem broccoli, flaked almonds, coriander, lime juice, and then on top, dollops of tahini yogurt and Bella Zoo apricot harissa, which I think is my new favourite thing in the world, mm. which I've not had before. It was so yummy. Really yum. I was just saying, actually, to Serena, as we were washing up, um, it would make a really good, like, impressive Sunday dish for, like, a big veggie meal, I think. My mum's trying yes. to find a recipe for like that. Like instead of a nut, nut roast, because everyone yeah. does a nut roast, which is kind of boring, but that would be great on a Sunday roast. Yeah, because it looks pretty roasted it's very colourful. with delicious things. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. I also, it would have been nice with pine nuts, but I feel like we put pine nuts in everything. Do, we, yeah, I like love pine nuts. Ones. Me too. Um, did it... Did it... Well, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> did <laughs> did it, you like it? Sorry. Did it fill your boots? I loved it. <laughs> We nearly ate two whole squashes between us. Yeah. Well. I know. Delicious. <laughs> right. So let's let's talk about periods. Cracking into the next subject. <laughs> Sophie, we'd like to talk to you about periods now, please. Cool. And this is something that Serena and I are both really passionate about as well. So yeah. it's always fun to talk about plastic-free periods. Yeah. Tell us your sort of journey into that and yeah. why why that became important to you. Yeah. Um, so where to begin? Um, about, uh, geez, I don't know how many years now, uh, six years ago, um, I was out surfing in the Maldives, um, on a surfing photo shoot, very lucky. Um, and I just couldn't, like, you can't not notice all the plastic pollution there. It's kind of overwhelming. So the Maldives is an island nation, um, and it's one of the most densely populated places in the world. Because it's an island, they've got nowhere to put the rubbish. And with the influx of tourism there, um, there's just so many people and so much plastic bottles. They have an island, like trash island, where they just put all the plastic on an island and burn Mm. it. And a lot of it just blows into the sea. So what you see of the Maldives being postcard perfect beaches isn't really the reality. The reality is they're absolutely piled up with plastic. And that problem isn't just unique to the Maldives. It's kind of a problem all over the world. Like you go for a walk on the Thames here and you see it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the first time where I really became aware that I couldn't just go on surf trips and ignore all of the environmental and political issues. So I started to change a few of my habits when I came back home, starting with uh, plastic water bottles, got a reusable water, water bottle, reusable coffee cup, um, reusable like a bamboo toothbrush. And then... Um, one of the items that I kept finding on the beaches, so I do my little two minute beach clean whenever I go for my swim. Um, one of the items I kept finding was the plastic tampon applicators. And I'd had a t- when I was surfing, um, when I was younger, I dived away and had a used sanitary pad hit me in the face. Oh, lovely. Delicious. I told Sarah that I'd heard about that and I was hoping you were going to tell that story. (laughs) And it was quite common. Like one of the spots we used to surf when we were kids is a sewer pipe, like a wave breaks there, but it didn't mean there was like, 
anything that goes down the toilet quite often finds its way out to sea. So you'd see like condoms and sanitary pads and tampons. And you say in the UK, 2.5 million tampons and 1.4, yeah, 1.4 million sanitary pads are flushed down the toilet every single day. Sanitary what? pads? People flush sanitary pads down the toilet. How does that not break the loop? And, and like, and also, also not just the... People think it's just the tampon applicators that have plastic, but most conventional tampons mm-hmm. also have a thin layer of plastic inside them and the string is plastic. So it's a lot of plastic. 2.5 million tampons a day in the UK going down the toilet. That's terrifying. So like, the reasons I switched to plastic-free period products were because of, um, I think they're now the period products are now the fifth most common thing found on Europe's beaches. So, you know, if you're not if you're changing your water bottle out and doing things like that, then you really need to be looking at your mm. periods as well. Um, and then, you know, also there's the whole angle of what are we doing putting bleached plastic inside our vaginas? It's like one of the most, there's like blood flow absorbing shit happening in yeah. there, you know? So, yeah. So I, um, I work with a not-for-profit called City to Sea who run the Plastic Free Periods campaign, which is basically just raising awareness about, um, all the plastic free options. I'm an ambassador for Moon Cup. Um, which I have been wearing a moon cup myself for about five years now, four years. Yeah, so you'll hear me raving about moon cups all the time. (laughs) I was quite new to it, to a moon cup or a menstrual cup. It's quite scary at the start for some people. (laughs) (laughs) You have to face your body quite quickly, don't you? Yeah, you have to get your fingers in there. And uh, yeah, you guys have done that anyway. If you listen to series one, you'll know a bit about staring at your vulva in the mirror oh yeah grace (laughs) this is actually like a genuine question yeah as in i don't know the answer how often are you meant to replace a moon cup uh not for years because mine's probably five plus years no i think it does no episode but i think the lifespan's like over 10 years oh great okay yeah a long time um, so yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, a menstrual cup is just like a small, uh, the moon cup one's a silicon reusable little cup, um, that you just pop inside yourself and it collects the blood instead of absorbing it. And then, um, you can leave them in for up to eight hours. You just pop it out, rinse it and reuse it. And then after each cycle, you just give it a quick sterilize and boiling water and it stops you. And it, you know, even if you were putting your tampons and tragedy pads in the bin, they're still going to go to landfill, if not the oceans. It, like, it is creating plastic waste. Um, and in the long term, you save a hell of a lot of money. Like tampons are so damn expensive, yeah, man. So expensive. And what a moon cup's twenty quid. Yeah, twenty one pounds. So you've made it back in like three periods. Seriously, like the, the tampax was the applicator that I used to use before I knew that they were wrapped in plastic with a plastic applicator and plastic inside. <laughs> like every time you had a period, like five pound a box yeah. or something, right? Yeah. No more of those. So many of my friends, they were still freaked out about using a menstrual cup. Yeah, and I have to say that a menstrual cup doesn't work for everybody. So Mm. while, like, for me and my body, a menstrual cup is great, but there are so many other options out there. So period pants are amazing. I use the Thinks. Um, I've also tried a couple of other brands, but Thinks are my favourite. You just put on pants, carry on day. (laughs) Like, no no fuss needed. I actually haven't tried the period pants Oh, my God. So the Thinks, I would say the Thinks for me are absolutely amazing. And... They as well, they really complement the moon cup because if you're worried about your moon cup leaking yeah, a little bit or if you're new to the moon doing. cup, then the two work together. So you could maybe just wear like a Thinks thong that collects a small amount of blood, like one tampon's worth. And then if you leak from the moon cup, it wouldn't matter. Right. Does it um, feel like you're wearing a nappy though? The Thinks, no. I have tried some other brands um, that do feel a little bit more 
Well, more like you're wearing an actual, you know, it's wearing a sanitary pad mm. kind of feels like that, mm. right? So the things is kind of just like wearing a nice pair, like they look good. It's like wearing a nice sexy pair of pants. Yeah. Um, and then you just but, put it in your, the wash. So, yeah, I give them a rinse in cold water first, and then I just wash all my period pants together at the end of my cycle. Right. And they, there's a little guide on their website, but I think they recommend you don't use fabric conditioner because it takes the layer off as it. I don't know. Does it's magic? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sometimes I put just a capful of vinegar in the washing machine with them. Oh, interesting. Mm. Have you tried Wooker? Yeah, I've tried Wooker. They were okay, but Wooker. I didn't love them as much. Bit more nappy, bit more nappy, and not so sexy. They're quite like white fronty. So that yeah, but practically so they like, they do the job. They're kind they're of great. Yeah, they're, they're fine, but they're just not. They're less nappyish than some other brands I've tried. Really? Yeah. So some of them do definitely feel a bit more heavy but yeah i mean and same it's probably different people are going to get on with different Mm -hmm. brands i love the high waist things you can buy them in the uh not the high waist ones but yeah the boots in covent garden now stocks them amazing and i think they might even sell them on asos so no more import tax and you said they do a thong version yeah they do a thong so i have the thong and the high-waisted ones are my favorites okay let's get ourselves some things i've got an affiliate link i'll send it to you (laughs) <laughs> and also um so then if, and then if period pants and um menstrual cups aren't your thing there's also reusable sanitary pads organic cotton tampons they make the reusable tampon yeah. applicator so if you don't like getting your fingers up there that's a great option so yeah i really think there's something for everyone out there um it's just kind of raising the education and making that accessible for everyone yeah the um thing about it being gross about using a menstrual cup and it's gross we should like it shouldn't be gross for... it's the same as with body hair right so yeah. the stuff that our body is naturally doing like most uh people who have periods like like most women people are so it's half the population right mm-hmm. we're all bleeding it's not disgusting yeah. like it's really natural cycle that we should be in tune with and i actually love the moon cup for the menstrual cup for how you actually see your cycle more right you're seeing how the blood changes so how the color changes how the mm-hmm. consistency changes how like my flow is always heavy on day one and then by like day four it's nothing you get much more in tune with your body um and i do think i can't actually remember but like the reason why um tampon applicators were invented is like do you know about that no super infamous we should research it but it's something about like I don't know, not breaking the hymen or ah. keeping it's about the, it's basically about the vagina like being dirty and keeping it pure. Oh my gosh. Well, wow. I thought it was just yeah. like a practical No, thing. I think it was invented by man. I don't think it's like really? yeah. What do you think we can do to make people well, to stop people thinking of moon cups as being gross and hippie? Because I like I know that I've got friends and siblings and whatever yeah. who are like pretty act pretty well I think they I, I think the more that we all just talk about periods like we have these chats the more totally acceptable it's going to come to have these chats and it's like you know de-stigmatizing whatever mm-hmm. and that's also going to contribute towards um period poverty becoming less of an issue like we're all talking about periods um but yeah I think it just takes people a while to you know people aren't just going to change from one to the other overnight and I People kind of have to work out for themselves, you know. Like for me, the best way to get people engaged with this stuff is to take them on a little beach clean, and you see the tangible effects. Like if you walk on the Thames, like I did a beach clean in um, Putney a couple of months ago, and in half an hour, I think we found like seventy or eighty um, plastic tampon applicators. It's like as soon as you see the tangible effects of the pollution, you really like start to realize that you need to change your own habits. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
for me, that's a really important part of it is getting people to kind of connect, engage in nature with the issue. Yeah. Season two event, beach clean. Yeah. Along the mm. river. Here we come. Because it's, I think it's so important because people, especially with climate crisis as well, it feels like, oh, that's nothing to do with me. So in order for them, it's great that they can see actually that is could even be there uh, yeah period waste like yeah that is that we're, we're all contributing yeah. to it yeah yeah really interesting speaking mm. of um immersing yourself in all in all of that and yeah in nature and what's going on because you're clearly super into that <laughs> do you think that i'm just changing the subject quite slightly but do you think that you are so immersed in everything that's going on mm. in the climate crisis in the world because you've grown up being immersed in nature um for me yes like my understanding of things like plastic pollution and the climate crisis 100% comes from being in the ocean and seeing tangible effects of it um and i really strongly believe that you know, like why, why, if someone's completely disconnected from the natural world, why would they give a shit about looking after it and caring for it? So I um, work with a charity called Get Out. And that's where I'm going after here, going down to Tamla Hamlet, Tower Hamlets to check out the community garden. Um, but uh, Get Out's an environmental charity and we work with um, young people in Tower Hamlets, which is the place of highest um, child poverty in the UK. And we are this summer taking a group of kids from there down to the coast. And um, it's like outdoor adventure and education so we'll be taking them surfing and camping and doing beach cleans um we're growing a community garden in tower hamlets um growing their own veg planting trees doing a few projects like that because i think like we need the next generation to really like engage with nature and care about it um and it's i don't know how to express this it is mostly higher income families and like white families mm-hmm. who are getting out it's often like the BAME families the BAME communities that aren't getting out in nature as much don't have the income to do so so yeah the get out project is really special for me I'm really looking forward to getting getting the kids to the coast that sounds amazing and I think even as adults growing up you draw on childhood reflections or things that happened to you as mm-hmm. a child as yeah. happened to you with the sanitary pad yeah. <laughs> and that they stay with you forever and mm-hmm. they have like a lasting impact so you're so right and yeah that's really cool yeah a lot of these kids will have never seen the sea before so it's going to be it's like mad. super cool to take them surfing be awesome it's like and it really is like why the fuck would some of those girls care about changing from tampons to a menstrual cup like what they literally have way bigger problems but hopefully this kind of will help them connect with the issues and engage in a, yeah. in a new way that will change their mindset i hope yeah what a cool thing to be involved in this isn't a very smooth topic change um what, like lunch to periods <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we brought the good segues in so instagram yeah i hate the word influencer but mm. like you obviously are an influential person on instagram <laughs> and i know that you you're very picky about who you work with mm-hmm. and i don't know how to phrase this it's like a funny thing when you when you like have your income coming some of your income from Instagram yeah and there's a toss-up between making the money that you need to live and like sticking by your morals and your integrity mm-hmm. 
And I believe that's something that's very important to you. Yeah, it is. And I, um, yeah, it's it's a journey and it's something I'm learning, but I have turned down, I turned down a lot of work because it doesn't align with what I believe, you know. I got offered a job that was for like really well paid, and I but I found out the company did real fur on their coats. So I had said no and dropped out the day before. Absolutely not, can't do it. And then the next day, Tommy Hilfiger rang me up because they had their new sustainable jacket coming out that was made from recycled materials. And would I model that? And I was just like, yes, universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, amazing. And that kind of is, seems to, it happens, you know, if I turn down a job because it doesn't align, like all it's helped doing is really help refine my focus and my message. And I definitely, you know, three years ago, all of the brands that were sustainable brands, I gave a shit about the environment. They didn't have any budget. It was all like small independence. But now it's changing and the big brands are becoming aware of it. So now, you know, Colgate launched a bamboo toothbrush recently. Um, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's and cool. so now, you know, obviously I love small independent. I'd recommend people shop small independent. But the fact that the, the bamboo toothbrush has now been stocked in every supermarket nationwide is amazing. Like that has is going to make it more accessible. So, um, yeah, now, now I get jobs like that, which I can do on Instagram. So I'm still can focus on the things I like and make a little bit of money on it, which is great. It allows me to have, like I said, I love writing. I write for a few magazines and newspapers. I love speaking at events, but those things don't pay very well. Mm -hmm. So the Instagram world kind of allows me to focus on retreats and writing and other things that don't pay very well. It's amazing though, because I'm sure there are so many people now on Instagram who are either like jumping on trends because and trends meaning like sustainability, sustainability. and stuff mm. because it's talked about yeah. but then there's also people who like are endorsing things that they maybe don't agree with because they need the money yeah and if they've if they're influential and they've got a lot of people following them then that's also complicated if if people are being like this yeah. is cool she believes in this and yeah it's a really hard one it's like it's you know, I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in a position to turn down the money a lot of time. I don't make a lot of money um, and I don't come from money and I've got no financial support from my family. And um, but, yeah, I for me, like my morals have to come for my money. Like that's yeah. how it is. And if I don't have much money, then hey, ho, you know, I've, I can afford to pay my rent and um, eat and I'm groovy. I but, love that because I think it's a... A, like rare but honest way to do it I think so many people are probably doing the opposite yeah I do so you know really refreshing and I, I I don't quite know how I feel about that I've got friends who are influencers and they've said to me you know I, I talk about sustainability and blog about it because it gets good traction like if they talk it's a trend if they talk about it they get lots of likes it's hard and I think it does come across and like it's great that they're saying it and using their platform to yeah. spread that message but it's also quite a confusing message if you're talking about I don't know, buying a reusable cup, but then you're getting on a plane and then you're advertising something made of plastic the next day. It's like, you, it's a bit confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like, no one's perfect. You don't have to do everything, but it can be, it's a pretty confusing world and there's so much greenwashing out there that it's, it's hard to know what's real. And I think if you do turn down a job from a big brand or whatever, yeah. the more people turn that turn down those jobs, the more the brand or the company will be like, oh shit, we better start yeah. changing what we're doing and doing something yeah, that's actually so. meaningful. Yeah. Otherwise no one's going to work with us. And, you know, I mean, for me, it's worked really well. I, I went to Adidas's launch of their new shoe last year that was like meant to be the most sustainable shoe launch. And I 
wrote an honest review about it. I was like, yeah, it's recyclable, but it's made out of 100% virgin plastic. And, you know, they flew 200 influencers to New York. Like, what's the carbon footprint of that? And actually, it worked really well. And my favor being honest, because they came back to me and were like, you've got a point. And they, I, I've then worked with them like a few times over the last year, like to help make that project slightly more sustainable. Um, so, yeah, my deal is be honest, only work with brands I genuinely, genuinely use or would recommend to a friend. And also, like, I really don't want to rely on Instagram to be my only income because it could just be gone yeah. the next day. So it's really important to me as well. Like that, the whole digital world, I don't know, it doesn't really feel real. Like for me, working on retreats and connecting with women, like getting women together and getting in the sea and eating together and sharing, having women's circles, like that is real, like real human connection. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's important to me. Yeah. The digital things just... I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's yeah. in the sky somewhere. <laughs> I guess. But it does mean that you connect with brilliant people. Like yes, absolutely. And I love, like, I absolutely love Instagram for its, like, it's the way it creates community. I've made some of my best friends from Instagram. Yeah. And for, like, educating and you, these guys are, like, looking lovingly. <laughs> yeah, the way, like, for, for educating, for sharing information, for creating community, like, Instagram can be, be brilliant. Yeah. I know there's a toxic side to it, but um, that's not what I see on my feed. Mm, yeah, same with us. And we, I mean, we say so much, don't we? That's why we started this podcast, to connect with people and mm -hmm. to bring communities together and just, like, meet cool people, mm -hmm. which is what the internet is great at doing. Mm. But then bring it into real life and doing great things together. Yeah. Is what it's all about. That's well. what I think. For me, Instagram is about creating a community and then making it in real life. Yeah. So I've got the Facebook group now. On Rise Fierce one, it's that like all these people on Instagram messaging me like, oh, I want to go swimming. It's like, join the group, find out who else is swimming in your area and go do it. Like meet real people, make friends and go and have real life experiences offline. Yeah. Yeah. That's Rise Fierce on Facebook. So yeah. It's a group. Find it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be joining if anybody wants to be swimming in South <laughs> London too. with me. I'm going to join. join Just so everyone knows, you have your Rise Fierce and then you have your retreats. How often are your retreats? Mm, I do um, about four week, like five night retreats. And then I'm setting up some day retreats at the moment that are going to be hopefully London and Cornwall and possibly Manchester and popping up around the place. Brilliant. Are the, are the ones throughout the year, are they UK based or? Um, all my retreats are UK and Ireland based. For, I like to keep my carbon footprint low mm -hmm. and I don't want the responsibility of other people flying in their carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So they're all UK and Ireland. Brilliant. And where can we find you? Um, so I'm at Sophie Hellyer, H-E-L-L-Y-E-R. Uh, that's my website and my Insta spam and all that stuff. Yay. Thanks. I had a mouthful of chocolate for that last bit. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sophie. Been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much sophie for joining us on kitchen club sophie actually lives in cornwall i don't know if we covered that Serena, did we i can't remember <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but she comes to london every now and then so visiting us was very good of her thanks sophie i also just want to add we spoke about the weather after she left and now it has turned into a very blustery day and Sophie actually is someone who fully embraces the weather whatever it is and she said there's no such thing as bad weather it's just how we view it and our attitude towards it so if you say oh gosh what an awful day actually that's just you with a negative attitude so I think that is such a lovely way to put it and that we should all enjoy the weather because the weather's just being weather 
unless it's us damaging the planet. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, man? (laughs) Thanks, Sophie. It's just the weather being mother and you're all a negative load of assholes. Continue. Um, Yes, thank you so much, Sophie. That was fascinating. And I cannot wait to turn more of my sceptical friends into period cup users. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I think everyone should try it. Get in with their vulva. Um, I also (laughs) have to add that I really do think her healthy habit has been my favourite. And I am genuinely going to bring that into my life more. I live so close to London Fields. I know that's not a, a cold without saying the C word, pool, but so nice to be outside in the morning swimming with community. So yeah, super, super cool. Super cool. As discussed in our bonus episode before Christmas, we are doing our best to bring kitchen love, kitchen love, (laughs) kitchen club, but I like kitchen love, kitchen club IRL. We're going to start doing some events. So we've got our first event on the 4th of April which is a fantastic yoga brunch with a clothes swap and a talk from the wonderful Venetia Faulkner. Venetia Lamana now. Venetia Lamana. So watch this space. We'll be doing lots, lots more uh, in the coming months, which yes. is great. That one is actually sold out. So do keep an eye on our Instagram where we'll post our events. And you can get the recipe from today's episode on Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast. And you can follow Serena and I separately at Sarah Malks and at Serena Louth. Spelt like mouth, but with an L. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you're just as happy as we are to be back with us in your ears. And yeah, happy spring. Happy spring. Having been such a naughty little pup all through recording, India is now passed out, snoozing on Sarah's jumper. So... Goodbye from her as well. (laughs) See you next week. See you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.